In his book on happiness, author Mo Gadot lays out a path for happiness and essentially gives us a formula for how we can create happiness in life, or if you want, how you can create a lack of happiness. The basic formula is this. If you have an expectation that is far above and beyond what your current state is, the larger the expectation is, or the larger the gap between the expectation and reality is the lack of happiness that you will have. Now, recently I've had a few conversations with some executive clients and some folks that are looking to get into my program, and there's a resonating theme there. Many high achievers like yourself are constantly pushing themselves, constantly pushing towards that next goal, that next level, without actually taking a step back and seeing what you've already achieved. Now, many of my clients and many of those that want to get into my program run into this same challenge. They're looking to achieve more, and yet they fail to recognize what they have already achieved in life. This gap between what is and what is expected is where the unhappiness in life lies. So what do we do? Drop our expectations? Lower the bar? Yes and no. Now, I'm a big believer in having massive goals. I'm a big believer in having high expectations, and I'm a big believer in those dreams, those goals, those hopes, those wishes, the things that drive us forward. But here's the rub. The biggest challenge that we have is that when we set a goal that we're not sure how long it will take to get there, we use two things as weapons. The first is time, and the second are metrics that may not have anything to do with our overall success. Let me explain. Have you ever sat down and set a goal to lose a certain amount of weight in a certain period of time? If you have, you've used those two items as weapons. No person looks in the mirror and says, I bet I weigh X amount of weight. And if I weighed Y amount of weight, I would feel better. However, in my 25 years of working with and coaching executives, top-level athletes, including Olympic champions and NBA champions, every single top performer has looked in the mirror and wanted to achieve something that had nothing to do with a number on the scale. Now, we're taught to believe that the number on the scale matters. And so we set false goals because that's the only thing we can put a metric to. We'll talk a little bit more about why that doesn't work later in the show. But the weight becomes a weapon. The second weapon that becomes the biggest challenge that people run into is that of time. You see, when you're not experienced, when you don't have the expertise, it's very difficult to predict time. I've been in the health and fitness business for almost a quarter of a century. And it's even difficult for me to tell somebody how long it will take them to achieve a certain goal. I tell them the same thing. Your happiness is not guaranteed. I can deliver a great service to you, but I can't eat the food for you. And I also can't do the workouts for you. So that's why the results are not guaranteed. And the timeline thus is in flux. You see, our bodies will respond as they will respond. And the one thing that we can't predict is time. 
the funny thing is when I talk to this or I talk about this concept with people who understand the markets and understand that the number one thing you cannot predict with certainty on a regular basis is the timing of the market. That makes sense to them. They understand that it's important to continue to invest in the market over time because trying to time the market just right and buy at the low point and sell at the high point, no one can do that over the course of 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50 years. Every person who has tried has failed miserably to do so. The same principle applies when it comes to your health and fitness goals. Time, in essence, is irrelevant and becomes a weapon that people use to beat themselves up over time and create challenge for themselves that doesn't need to be there. So today I want to talk to you about how do you set a goal relative to your health and fitness? How do you set a goal and how do you think about the process of achieving this goal? My intent behind doing this is that you're probably sitting here and it's the middle of February and you had some goals that you set, some resolutions that you wrote down back in December or maybe the first part of January. And if you're like most people, and I say most people, I'm talking over 50%, closer to 60% statistically of people in America have already given up on their goals and their resolutions by this time. I want you to sit back and just reframe. This is an amazing time in your life. If you set a goal, good for you. If you had a resolution, even better. You were resolving to do something different. Your failure has nothing to do with your ability to have discipline, with your grit, your determination, your drive, or your passion. It has everything to do with some of the nuanced ways in which you were going about it. You didn't have the right strategy, which includes the right strategy for the psychosocial emotional aspect of weight loss and muscle gain. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to teach you, and hopefully, you're going to walk away with some information in your tool belt that you can use immediately and over the next year or so to help you achieve whatever it is that you wrote down on December or January, December 31st or January 1st. All that and more on today's Evolved Man. Welcome to The Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern man. The Evolved Man is for men like you who are willing to be strong, open, and aggressive learners. Men who are not afraid to disrupt and change. It's time we ditch the current conventional idea that we devolve with age, that the dad bod is our destiny, and that the glory days are behind us. Your best isn't behind you. And I'm here to provide you with practical tools, a few tips and tricks, and everyday wisdom to help you evolve into your highest form. Strong, lean, smart, educated, and emotionally intelligent. Now, let's go to war.
Yeah, and with that, I want to welcome you to another episode of The Evolved Man. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me once again for this episode of The Evolved Man, where we are going to dive deep into how do you actually set a health and fitness goal, and how do you need to think about the process? You see, setting something up appropriately will allow you to achieve the results that you're looking for, and you will not stumble as much along the way. That doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy road, but it will be much more navigable if you can take the time and set yourself up appropriately. But before we dive in, do me a favor, will you? If you like this episode, share it with your friends. If you're finding value from this podcast, please give us up to a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple. That's one of the best ways to help us support the show, or excuse me, one of the best ways for you to support the show and help us to reach other people. The Evolved Man continues to grow, and we want to make sure that we are getting out to as many people as possible. I have a significant mission in life to touch millions of people's lives and to make sure that millions of people can get access to no-cost-to-consumer content. You clicking a like, a share, or giving us a rating helps me to help other people. Let's dive into today's topic. I want to take you deep into what I call the Evolve Method. And the Evolve Method was something that I created as a way to help people reframe how they think about goal setting in the health and fitness realm, or really in any area of life, and how you think about the process. You see, most people fail because they set up a timeline that is inappropriate. You don't know how to achieve something, and so you set a timeline that is most likely too short. And when you start to set a goal, that goal might not even be the right goal. So today is about getting deep, getting honest, and having a real conversation about how do you actually set and achieve realistic goals. Now, realistic does not mean that it needs to be small. I think that there is this binary that happens when we talk about goals, that it's either realistic or it's a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Neither one is true. You can have a BHAG that is realistic. You just have to play around with the timeline a little bit. So my objective by the end of this podcast is that you have a simple process that you can follow to evolve in any area of your life. So with all the information in the world today from social media and the news, it gets confusing to know what to do. So I want to demystify the process of evolving your life and help to bring awareness really to three things. Number one is goal setting. Number two is developing habits and routines. And finally, number three, determining how to measure your progress appropriately. Now, before we jump in, Remember, I'm going to ask you to do three things today with this podcast. Number one is be aware. Number two is be active. And number three is be accountable. The first one, be aware. You're listening to this podcast, not for someone else. This is your time. You've chosen to listen to it while you're working out, driving to work, or sitting around doing some chores around the house. But I want you to pause for just a minute. Out of this entire week, this could be the most pure, most true time for you to show self-love and to give to yourself. This time is for you. You're not investing in anyone else. You are investing this time in yourself. 
So be aware of what's alive in you, what thoughts, feelings, emotions, and inspiration is alive in you while you're listening to this podcast. You may hear my voice talking, but the most powerful voice is the voice that's inside of you. And so if you, we don't spend any other time this week doing any other deep work, spend the time to create leverage right now so that you can move forward in a positive way. This time that you and I have together could be extremely powerful if you utilize it the right way. Next, be active. Write down your ideas and do the work right now. Don't wait till later. You have your phone in hand. That's what you're listening to this podcast on. You can type it. If there's a scratch piece of paper, if you have your journal or notebook with you, pull it out. I want you to think about this like a mastermind. Don't put it off till later. You see, evolved men and women, they run towards inspiration and they do things now. That doesn't mean you need to solve all the world's problems and you're not going to lose 10 pounds during this podcast, but you can get started with the thoughts and the inspiration and you can keep get momentum going right now. So keep a notebook, pen, paper, sketchbook, your phone, your iPad, whatever it is, keep it handy. And if you're driving in the car, pause and open up your voice memo app so that you can pause the podcast and take voice memo notes if inspiration strikes. Capture not only notes through our discussion. You see, it's not so much about what I say that matters. It's what the internal voice that's talking to you, that's speaking to your soul and telling you and nudging you in this direction towards your evolution, that's the most important voice. Don't question it. Don't hesitate. Just write and be active. Finally, be accountable. Accountability is nothing more and nothing, nothing less than being able to account. That's what it means accountability. That means be accurate. That means that you know what you're talking about. That means that what is you are at, or that you know what it is that you're after and you know how to measurement. And when we get going to the goal section, you're going to write down a goal and some steps to get there. When you write the steps down that you want to accomplish You've got to be specific. You're going to figure out how you're going to track it. Being accountable means being able to account. Don't overcomplicate it. For instance, if you're wanting to lose body fat and gain muscle, you need to strength train, move consistently, and eat in a way that supports your muscle and decreases your body fat. How clean you eat doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it, so you won't measure that. How flexible you are doesn't have a direct correlation to that goal. So you may leave it on the table for another day. Only account for the things that are relative to your goal. Now be accountable by writing down and committing to the process of growth. Come back to the goals and the habits daily and account for what you have done. Now, let's jump into the Evolve Method. If today you can show up and be aware, be active, and be accountable, you're going to find that the Evolve Method is very simple. It's broken down into three distinct phases. 
Now, I would love to tell you that I am brilliant and I came up with the Evolve Method on my own, but frankly, the Evolve Method is something that I observed over time. You see, I have observed top performers and I have also observed people who continually fail and go through the cycle of failure over and over again. And through the process, there are three method, or excuse me, three phases that I see people go through who are successful that those who are not successful don't go through. Those three phases are initiate, elevate, and automate. This is what I call the evolve method. Initiate. In the initiate phase, we really only have one goal, and that's to get started. You may have a goal to lose 20 pounds. Great. The initiate phase is just about getting going, not judging how good or bad you're doing. We just want to start working and getting going. The best way to do this is to start so small that you know you will win. The key here is to make a habit so simple that it seems almost ridiculous. When you try and fail, or excuse me, why try and fail if you can just succeed on a small level? Success begat success. So today, I want you to weave this practice throughout the time together. So let's get going. Now, if you're in a position where you can write things down, great. If not, maybe you come back to this later. But I want you to write down one goal that you want to accomplish in the next three to six months. This doesn't have to necessarily even be a physical goal. Maybe you want to start a new business. Maybe you want to create a new offering for your current business. Perhaps you want to do a long hike or climb a mountain that you haven't done before with a group of friends. And you know that you need to train harder. Maybe you want to get a promotion at work or you have a project coming up that you want to complete and be recognized for. Maybe it is losing 20 pounds and gaining strength and returning to a situation that you were before. I don't care what it is, but I just want you to be specific. Now that you've written that down, I want you to ask yourself one question. What is one small, simple habit that, if repeated, will get me closer to my goal? Now, let's pause for a second. I didn't say what are the 50 things that you need to do. I want to hit on something that I think is important for you to understand. Failure is a great teacher. And if you look back at failures that you've had, let's say in the weight loss journey, what do people do as soon as they write down a goal of losing 10 or 20 pounds? Well, they map out this elaborate plan that they're going to do. I'm in a meal prep every Sunday. And every Sunday, I'm going to make sure that I'm cooking my chicken and my rice and my broccoli. And I'm going to pack that up. And then in addition to that, I'm going to get up seven days a week at 5 a.m. And I'm going to be at the gym at 5.30. And I'm going to do a complex training routine that involves stretching and strength. And then I'm going to go sweat myself off at cardio. And I got to make sure that I'm doing the ice baths and I'm recovering appropriately. And I'm going to get the right supplements. And this complicated routine fails very quickly because it goes against Gall's law, which states that any complex system that is created at the beginning will fail and that all successful complex systems were created from a simple system at first and layered upon later. So we tend to overcomplicate when we don't know what we're doing. Simplicity is the key. 
So now that you've written down what your goal is, I want you to ask yourself one question. One simple habit that I can do right now that if repeated over time, and this is the key, will get me closer to my goal. It's not about the complex system. It's about what can I do that will get me closer to the goal. Now, let's take the business goal as an example. Let's say you want to start a new offering in your business. So you know that if you work on your idea for five minutes a day, writing, creating, putting together a marketing plan, whatever, just five minutes a day, that you're going to get going in the right direction. No, you're not going to create the most amazing marketing routine from five, or excuse me, uh, marketing plan from five minutes a day, but it will get you started. Five minutes compounded every day may turn into seven or 10, and it may compound to be something that allows you to create something bigger over time. You see, a simple start that you know you can be successful with will help you to layer in over time. But Steve, wait, I could do more. That's what everybody tells themselves who fails. Those who are the most successful start small. If you want to lose 20 pounds, you don't start by doing the massive meal prep and the complex training routine, or even going and hiring the trainer that will take you through the workouts three days a week, and you have no idea what you're doing on the nutrition side outside of there, or how to pull all of this stuff together. You start by walking. And you say, I want to lose 20 pounds. And so every day after my meal, my evening meal, I'm going to go for a walk around the block. It's very simple. It's very doable. And it can compound your success over time. So write down whatever the smallest habit that you know you can keep is. What can you do seven days a week? Now, remember, the key is to make the initiation phase something so small, so achievable that you know you can accomplish it. And over time, you will build in complexity. And over time, you will build in depth and breadth to it. Right now, we just want to get you winning. Let's talk about win. But when is the, uh, right now is the best time to do it. What time right now are you going to do it? That's the question you should be asking yourself. What time right now are you going to do it? Be clear, be specific. Every morning at 7 a.m., I will go to the gym for 20 minutes. Every day before I bed, I will meditate for five minutes. Every day after dinner, I will go for a walk around the block. Now, here's a simple trick that can make a massive difference. Chunk your new habit with something that you're already doing before. For instance, listen to the last habit every day after dinner. You eat dinner daily, right? This habit is already engineered in your life. And so if you're already doing it and you say every day after this habit, I'll add one small thing to it. It's so simple. It's so easy that you would have a difficult time resisting doing this new habit. You see, the most successful people, especially in the health and fitness realm, are not the people with the most discipline. They are the people who have found a way to become the laziest out of all of us. I don't walk around with a significant level of fitness because I'm much more uh, disciplined than you are. I can tell you that for a fact. I walk around fit and healthy because I am lazier than you are. I take a habit that I'm already doing and I just 
chunk on a different habit that will help me to be stronger, leaner, or more healthy over time. And by chunking and layering in a healthy habit with something that I'm already doing, it makes it very easy for me to slide into that over and over and over again. Every day after dinner, dot, dot, dot. You eat dinner daily, right? How do you put something in along with what you're already doing? It's so simple. It is so easy. Again, you will have a difficult time resisting doing this new habit if you layer it in with something that you are already doing. Remember, repetition is the mother of all skill. As you build reps, you are eventually going to become ready for the next phase, which is elevate. Initiate, elevate, automate. How long does it take? You see, that's a question I get asked a lot. Remember at the beginning, we talked about that time is a weapon that people use to self-abuse. Why does it matter is my typical response. Let's say it takes you six months or nine months to lose 20 pounds. Does it matter? Will your nine-month self be upset that you didn't lose in six? Or will you be just as happy, just as pleased, just as proud of yourself because you accomplished the goal? I've had a great opportunity to talk to amazing people. I've got a pretty cool life with the people that I know and what they have accomplished. And the thing that I can tell you is every single person who has accomplished something big doesn't care about the timeline. I remember one of the first people that I sat down with and said, tell me about winning the NBA championship. As he, with a grin on his face, showed me this massive ring. Wow. It was amazing. The parades, the feeling, the electricity, it just lasted and lasted and lasted. I could see it in his eyes. I could smell it on his body. I could feel the energy around him. If I would have asked him at the time, well, don't you wish you would have won that 10 years previous? I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Every person who has accomplished a big goal feels the same way when they accomplish the big goal. If you achieve it in six months, if you achieve it in nine months, or maybe it takes you 18 months, it doesn't matter. My experience is that when you achieve a target, you realize you don't care about the time it took. In fact, sometimes you feel better if the goal took longer to get there because you had to work harder. You had to try more and you had to become more creative to make that goal a reality. But the how long does it take has some relevance. So let's answer it in the best way. At some point, you're going to make, you're going to move from the initiation phase to the elevation phase. So how do you know when to do so? And the best answer I can tell you is when the habit feels so easy and is now a part of your daily life. So let's go back to the walking after dinner habit. Imagine that you've been doing this habit now for two weeks, 14 days in, you're 14 for 14. You no longer think about it. Uh, you no longer go through the negotiations with yourself. You know what I'm talking about with the negotiations. You just get going. When you're doing this regularly, when it becomes so simple, that is your time to elevate. 
Now, let's say you're two weeks in and you look back and you've done it 10 out of 12, or excuse me, 10 out of 14 days, and you're still fighting the good negotiations. It's not the time to elevate. You're not in a space where you can make the habit more complex because you're still dealing with friction and resistance from developing that habit and having the initiation of it. So you need to master the basic motions, the basic movements before you move and get more reps, get more time, and get deeper into it before you go to the next level. So I would say if you've hit about 90% of the time when it comes to this new habit and it feels natural and resistance-free, it's time to elevate it. So how do you do it? Well, let's imagine that now after a few weeks, you've been doing your walks consistently after dinner. It's very easy. It's very simple. And there's a couple of simple ways that you can elevate it with ease. First, you start to go a little bit longer. Instead of going around the block, you say, I'm going to go for a walk uh, for a mile after dinner. Increasing the distance is now easier because you're already out doing it at that particular time. Second, you could layer in another layer of complexity. Instead of adding in more distance, you could say, I'm going to add in 15 walking lunges at the beginning of my walk. Now, finally, another simple way you could elevate is by saying, it takes me about 15 minutes to walk around my block, and I'm now going to do it in 14 minutes or less. I'm going to walk faster, and I'm going to focus on my speed. So which one is right? There isn't. There's no right. You see, if you hop on any social media platform, you're going to find so many people that tell you the most optimal way to do something. And everybody who's doing that is doing one thing. They're creating content. That's it. They're creating content to get you to click. There is no optimal way. Now, are there better techniques for some things? Over others? Yeah, maybe. But when we go from initiate to elevate, I can tell you right now there is not an optimal way to shift. Whatever feels right to you is a thing to do. The Evolve Method isn't about teaching you some sort of dogmatic right or wrong dichotomy. It's about teaching you principles of how to evolve your practice of living well, of how to become an evolved man or an evolved woman. So which one should you do? Whichever one speaks to you. Now, some evolutionary steps are simple. Uh, I'm just going to add in five more minutes because I can. Some evolutionary steps are complex. I'm adding the, the lunges because I want to challenge myself. Either way, you're moving towards an elevation. And either way, you're moving towards evolution. The elevation phase is the longest phase that you'll be in. This phase, depending on your goal, could be weeks, months, or even years before you have elevated through these small changes to the point where we move towards the next phase of automation. So continue to elevate and continue to ask yourself a question, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, how can I elevate what I'm currently doing? Instead of judging yourself on a time or a weight or some arbitrary metric, Start to get curious. What could I do? Now, next week, you're going to hear an amazing story. And I don't use that term lightly. It is an amazing story of my good friend, Mindy Buxton. Mindy and I have been colleagues and friends for well over two decades. And you're going to hear her story about how, as she comes into a landmark birthday 
she's been able to accomplish something that she never thought she could accomplish before. You see, these small iterative changes can take weeks, months, or even years to elevate before we get to the point where they are automated. How long does it take? It doesn't matter. And I can tell you right now that when you listen to Mindy's story, you will feel the same excitement, exuberance, happiness, joy, and contentment that she feels at her age that makes the reward of the goal achievement so much more rich. So how long does it take during the elevate phase? We're not sure. It depends on your goal, but just give it some time. The small iterative changes compound over time. Now, if you've never done this exercise, I would encourage you to just Google compound interest calculator. You can find them a couple of uh, free versions of it, and you can just start to play around with it. And it's a, it's a five-minute exercise that I would recommend everybody do. A compound interest calculator allows you to sit down, and if you've never done it before, look at, okay, if I made an initial investment into an account, let's say $1,000, and I put in $1,000 a month over the next 30 years, and it was compounded at, let's say, 8 to 10% interest, what would I have? at the end of that period of time. These small investments would yield a significant increase. But what's most powerful is when you click on the graph and you look at how it curves over time. You see the power of compounding happens uh, to be something that is, uh, as Albert Einstein says, one of the greatest uh, powers and one of the greatest forces in the entire universe. But this J-curve that happens over time is where it's fascinating. Compounding results in the physical space is the same as compounding results in the financial space. When you look at this compounding effect that we can have with these small investments of time, these small investments of effort, they are exactly the same. They live by the same physical laws as the financial realm. So stay with it, have faith, and know that consistent growth and development will yield results over time. Now let's move to automate. Remember, initiate, elevate, automate. The automation phase is really the most difficult for me to talk about because as a society, we want to jump to the end. We want all the answers to the test. Uh, we don't want to study. We don't want to work and sweat. And we don't want to know that it takes not just knowledge to do well on the test, but some wisdom because we're playing the game of life. We want the great physique, not the effort that's required to get the great physique. We want the end result of the lifestyle, not the demanding hours or the effort that it takes to be the person that can create the lifestyle. But as you evolve and you move along the evolved path, it's important that you understand and know what the final phase looks like. There aren't shortcuts. You can't skip to this part. It has to be built, it has to be earned, and it has to be something that becomes a part of you. After you have initiated, elevated, and are in a consistent, regular habits, you will reach a point where automation is the key. This shift happens primarily when one thing changes, and that is your identity. So let's go back to the goal of losing 20 pounds. 
You started by walking around the block. Over time, you went a little bit longer, maybe you added some lunges. Through the elevation phase, you developed endurance, and through the elevation phase, you developed strength. Through the elevation phase, you noticed your body changing. After months of elevating, you find yourself with a slightly different body. Maybe you're 10, 15, or even 20 or 25 pounds lighter. You find your habits are significantly different. Walking after dinner is one of the smallest habits that you have, and you are now integrated into a multifactorial system. And that multifactorial system is the thing that is giving you great dividends. After months or years of elevating, you find yourself eating foods that your body uh, agrees with, and you're not fighting with it. Little by little, you and your body and your mind have changed, and you know it's time for automation. You look different in the mirror. You have some different habits. You're no longer a victim of your bad choices, and you're no longer a victim of your bad paradigms and your limiting beliefs. You have become different. Now, the way to automate and to do so for longevity is you create a new identity. You see, we all identify as something. At one point, you were fat. You were not athletic. You were a little bit overweight. You were too busy, etc. You had definitions that you put on yourself. But what you were is now not congruent with what you are. You are now lean, fit, and healthy. So you know that it's time. It's time to identify with your highest self. Through meditation, you find the highest version of yourself as a healthy, athletic, educated, powerful person. At this stage, this is where I coach people through the process of identifying who they truly are, who the most evolved version is, what is he or she called. And this is where life becomes automatic. You see, I'm a health and fitness professional, and that identity has power. It anchors me to the fact that I not only eat, move, live in a way, but it keeps me healthy and fit. But I do so because there are both intrinsic and extrinsic accountability factors pushing and pulling me towards a healthy lifestyle. I don't go, uh, I don't have to say no to the weekends of getting drunk, nights of sitting on the couch with a bag of potato chips or going to the big buffet style binges because those are so foreign to my identity that they would never even cross my mind. I have evolved and my decisions become so automatic that they just easily align with who I am. I want to pause here for just a second and talk about why we don't change identity at first. I can't tell you the number of people when we start talking about their goals who tell me, quote, I know how to eat healthy. I just got to buckle down. I know how to eat healthy. I just need to do it. I know what it takes to get in great shape. I just need to. Let's, uh, let's set that aside for just a second and let's be real and honest and uh, give me a moment, please, to rant. You don't know. You don't know what it's like to be lean and fit for many years. You don't know what it's like to be healthy for decades. You don't know what it's like to eat healthy because you're not doing it. You see, your definition of health is what you learned in a nutrition book or what mom told you about eating your veggies. It's what the propaganda police have told you for years. 
that you should eat. And that's the key, should. You see, eating healthy, living healthy, being strong, being lean, and actually living that life is not something that you know how to do, otherwise you would be doing it. There's something in your system, there's something in your process that is failing you. You're looking at food in the wrong way. You're looking at your lifestyle in an incongruent way. Now, I can tell you for a fact, I know what it looks like and feels like to live a healthy and vibrant life for years because I've figured out a system that works. I know how to lift to get stronger. I know how to stay lean through not only just eating well, but enjoying the foods that I love. If you're a friend of mine, you know what I'm talking about because you've been over to my house and you've seen me eat, make pizza and you've sat around eating the pizza. You've eaten the steaks. You've gorged on my wife's chocolate chip cookies. You've eaten my donuts. You've had salads. You've laughed. You've enjoyed all of these things with us. Now, I have no special metabolism. I have no special or unique inherent thing about me that keeps me healthy. I have to work at it just like you do. But the biggest thing that I know that you don't, if you're not lean, is how to eat the cake and have the lean, strong, fit, energetic physique. So the reason we don't start with identity first is you don't know what the top of the mountain looks like when you start at the bottom. The only way that you can describe the beautiful vistas is to stand at the top of the mountain and feel the wind on your face. You see, far too many of us, we front, we fake, we say we know, because how dare we not know? We are the heads of our company. We oversee this department. We are the powerful entrepreneurs. We're the millionaires. We're driving the fast cars. We're, we've got the family. We're the church leader. We are the people who know. But we don't. The reality is, in this area, you can't create an identity that matches up with who you really are at your most evolved version of yourself. And so we don't create an identity at the beginning because you don't know what it's going to take to get there. And once you get there, you will know what it takes to stay there. So again, I don't have to say no to weekends of getting drunk nights, sitting on the couch with a bag of potato chips or the big buffet-style binges because they're so foreign to my identity that they would never even cross my mind. And just like me, I'm sure there's areas in life where you have evolved and your decisions are so automatic because it easily aligns with who you are today as a more evolved version of yourself. Just as it would be hard to imagine the Dalai Lama punching a little kid in the gut for no reason, this new true identity that you will become 
it pushes and pulls you to your highest self. So let's talk a little bit about affirmations and timing. Like I said, we don't start to create your new identity at the beginning. And so I never ask my clients to determine who they are, what their deepest purpose is, and start using affirmations to pull them there at the beginning of the process because we're in a state of stupor at the beginning. We don't know what the end is going to look like. Now, we're stupid, and that's okay. We have to be honest about it. We have to be open. We have to be vulnerable to say, I don't know. I'm ignorant in this area. I can grow. I can learn. But how in the world am I going to know what it takes if I've never done it before? So be offended if you want to when I say that you're in a state of stupor or you're stupid. But really, when you're in a state of stupor, it's a state of near unconsciousness or insensibility. You don't have the ability in your current state to see what your highest self is. That's why affirmations don't work when they're applied at the beginning. You actually just have to focus on the work. You have to put in the effort. You have to elicit change through your habits first. And then over time, as you elevate your practice, you get to the point where you wake up from your stupor. You become more enlightened and you start to see what your true potential is. You see, years ago, I had a client come to me who, quote, wasn't very fit, athletic, or lean. And she wasn't sure she could get to that point. And we started coaching, uh, and, and I was uh, in-person training at the time. Um, little by little, the weight came off. She started thinking that maybe she could do a little bit more. So she pushed harder. She set a new goal to get stronger. And then she wanted to get leaner. At a certain point, she decided to challenge herself, and she was going to compete in a physique competition. She pushed harder and put herself out there. She did well in the competition. She got very lean and very strong. And today, more than 15 years later, this former not fit, not very athletic, not lean, not even sure if she could do it, former client, she doesn't need me anymore. She's evolved. She's created her own brand of fitness. She oversees a group fitness program for a health club and has a branded fitness program in multiple health clubs. She's done retreats all over the world. She has dozens, if not hundreds of people who are loyal followers. She's influenced hundreds, if not thousands of people. At the beginning, she was in a stupor. There was no way that her current brain could have conceived the state she was currently living in and how related to the state that she's in now. Now, there's no way she could also, she could imagine herself being in the state she was in when she first came to me. Her life is automated. Her fitness is automated. Her health is automated. It's part of who she is. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that once you get to a lean fit state, you need to become a fitness professional, that your identity eventually needs to be tied in a very holistic way to who you are. So I've got a challenge for you. Now, if you walked along with me in this podcast, you did some work on the initiation phase. You determined what it was that you wanted to change and how you're going to make a simple habit so that you can win regularly. So here's your challenge for the week. I want you to get some massive momentum going. I want you to do what you committed to do. Keep it small, but make the celebrations big. 
When you complete your small task, smile. When you do what you committed to, say out loud, I'm proud of myself for my effort. Look into your eyes in the mirror and see the change with each small commitment you keep to yourself. Your eyes will change as you align to your purpose. Give yourself a high five hug or whatever it is that you would do to best friend when they keep their commitment. Build momentum and be patient. Remember that if you started investing $100 a month in a retirement account, it wouldn't look like much for the first 25 to 30 years. But over time, the money compounds and you start to see huge returns on that consistent investment. Be patient, be kind, recognize and build positive momentum. Initiate, elevate, and automate. Now, you are empowered to set your goal. That means you have the power to set the goal and to frame it appropriately. The two things that don't matter is probably first the metric that you think matters, and that's the weight. The second is the time. Throw those things away. Now, let's say that you do have a goal to accomplish something by a certain time because there is a deadline. You want to look good by the wedding. You want to look good by such and such date. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you do have time as an aspect of your goal, the most important thing is to get an expert to help you to figure out how you accomplish that and how you get to that level. You will not be able to do it on your own because time is not the thing that an amateur can predict. So my recommendation, my encouragement, and my challenge to you is set your goal as big as you want, but start as small as you can. Celebrate the wins, just like you would do for a best friend, a child, anyone that you love. Stay consistent with it until you reduce all friction. Initiate, elevate, and automate. Folks, thanks for listening today. I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me. I appreciate the time that we spend together. If there is anything that I can do to help you along your journey, your process, please reach out to me. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of The Evolved Man. If you're learning from and gaining value from this podcast, please subscribe to The Evolved Man newsletter where I can support you even more in your personal evolution. I want to help you reverse engineer your success. The Evolved Man newsletter is like getting a free coaching session to keep you moving forward on your path of personal success. Go to the evolvedmanpodcast.com to sign up today. If you found value in this episode, you can give us up to a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share it with your network. That's the best way to support the podcast so we can continue to get great guests and provide you with the best wisdom for your daily life. Until next time, keep evolving.